Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. You may have heard it's Missions May. That's just the first of my dad jokes for the day, okay? I'm a grandfather. I'm actually allowed to make more than even just a regular dad. That's great. That is one of the upsides, I have to say. But in this time, in this month, what we've heard about is we've heard about the purpose of God's mission. We've heard about the posture of God's mission. That was Steve Woods from Baptist World Aid. We've heard about praising God for his mission, and that was Esther Scarborough and the Hidio Choir, which I heard was great. I'm really jealous I didn't get to see it. Um, who'd have thought we were in PNG? Um, but I heard it was great. And then last week, Dave spoke about the people of God's mission. But today, we're going to finish with the power of God's mission. The power that's in God's mission. We're going to be speaking about that. But just as a spoiler alert, I'm going to talk a little bit about purpose as well. Okay, I actually think it's a really good bookend to actually talk about the purpose because you always think about why we're doing what we're doing. I always should think about why. Why is a great question to ask all the time. Why are we doing what we're doing? It actually helps you get rid of a lot of rubbish at various points in time. So I'm going to sneak a little bit about that because probably you've forgotten what Leona said about it as well because it's four weeks ago. And if anyone remembers what was spoken four weeks ago, you're a better person than me. But hopefully I remind you a little bit. But when we talk about the power in God's mission, we're really talking about the power in the gospel. We're really talking about the power in the gospel, the power in the message, the good news about Jesus. Mission is just a word. Mission is just a word we use. But we're really talking about the power in the message of Jesus. But before we do that, I want to back up a little bit. Because I said we're going to talk about why. So let's talk about what God is on about overall. I want to talk about what God's overarching message is to us. Why did God create an earth and everything within it. So we're getting very existential now for those of you who like words like existential. Why did God create the earth and everything that's in it? Do you ever stop and think about that? Why did he do that? The overarching reason that God did that, because you might have heard this before, but God is love. God created everything that is because he wanted to love it. He wanted to love it. And in loving, he wanted to give. In loving, he wanted to give. So the overarching message, if you read our, our book, our sacred book, the book we refer to all the time, the Bible, if you read it from one end to the other, what you're going to hear is that God loves his people and he's constantly reaching out to people. God loved every person that he ever made. God loves every person who's alive today. Regardless of their colour, 
regardless of what they think about certain issues, regardless of their sexuality, gender. God loves every person right now, right here. He does get cross or frustrated with actually his own people, those who claim to be his. The people he actually gets upset with typically is not the people who are not acknowledging him. He'd like them to acknowledge him, but people really upset him is the people who claim to follow him and then don't live that way. That's what really upsets him. That's when you hear him getting cross. If you look through the Old Testament, half the time he appears like an angry God even with his own people, but that's because they're supposed to be his own people and they're supposed to be following him. They have this great gift that he's given them and he has reached out to them over and over and over again and they've rejected him. So when you see, when you read in the Old Testament, the early part of the Bible, that God gets a bit cross or angry with people, it's because they've stepped away having known about him and having had that message. But in the Old and New Testament, what you see is God reaching out again and again and loving people and wanting them to be in relationship with him. You see, God loves every person so much that he created us. He didn't have to do that. Could have lived without us. Every individual. God would be okay. You know what? God would be okay if you weren't alive. I hate to depress you today with that thought. God would actually be okay if you weren't alive. But he chose to have us in the world. He actually thinks the world's a better place with you and me in it. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought that that's what God would want? He chose to create us. And the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? I don't know what you think of yourself. That's a great reminder to me to remind myself every now and then because I know my weaknesses and I'm not as pretty as I used to be. But I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves every person so much, He created us for relationship with Him. From the very beginning, from the very beginning, He created us for a relationship with Him. And you see Him reaching out again and again, right in the early stages of the Bible, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, when God comes walking through the garden, what's His first question? Where are you, Adam? Where are you? It's not, what have you done? His first question is not, what have you done? It's, where are you? See, that's a reaching out question. Where are you, Adam? Where are you? God loves us so much, He actually gave us a set of laws, rules to live by. Now, one of the things about the rules that we see in the Bible is, you know what? They were created for our good. They weren't created for God's good. They were created to help us live a better life. In actual fact, God gave us a whole bunch of rules, laws, guidelines, call them what you like, because He wanted us to live the best life that we could in Him. He loved us so much that He took all of those rules. I think there's about 700 if you read the Old Testament. And by the way, fun fact, more commands in the New Testament than the Old. I don't know if that's a fun fact, actually. <laughs> that's probably, um, may, you know, might threaten some of us. But 
He loved us so much that he took all of those rules and narrowed it down to just two. Said, I know that's complex. If you do these two things, you'll be okay. And that is that you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And that you love your neighbour as yourself. Just two. Do those things, you'll be okay. He loved us so much, he took it that simply. He loves us so much that he showed us that we can't maintain that standard, that we don't maintain that standard. He shows us that we're going to fail. He loves us so much that he outlined in the Old Testament a series of sacrifices that were intended to help people get back into right relationship with God. That when people failed morally, or spiritually, that there was a pathway back. Christians call that sin, okay? But it's just moral failure, spiritual failure. He loved us so much that he gave a set of sacrifices. Then he loved us so much to show us that there's a better way. And he sent Jesus, his own son. He loves every person so much. He sent Jesus to speak truth to us and to point to a different and better way of how to live and how to deal with our spiritual moral failures. And he sent, loved us so much that he sent that son to die on a cross and rise again and said, this is the way, that Jesus is the way back to a right relationship with God. And then in raising him from the dead, that he'd done it for once and for all. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die, rise again for once and for all. Dealt away with all of those sacrifices and that Jesus is sufficient, but not just sufficient for us, but for all. So there's the point and the power and the purpose of missions. The, the, the message that Jesus rescues us from those things that have damaged our relationship with God. Jesus rescues us from the things that would take us away from God and brings us back into a right relationship with Him. <coughs> brings us back to that good relationship. 2 Corinthians 5.18 puts it this way. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's the power of the gospel, to put us back in that right relationship, to be reconciled to God. We're going to read the whole passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 20. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 to 20. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Verse 18, our verse of the day. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins, their moral failures and spiritual failures against them. And he has committed to us 
the message of reconciliation. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So message number one today is that last passage, be reconciled to God. That's God reaching out to us saying, be reconciled. You know, there's an appeal here. I implore you, be reconciled to God. God has always been a missionary God. He's always been a missionary God. He's always been reaching out to others with the message of His love. So, but I just want to hone in on verse 18 again and just go through this phrase by phrase. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So if we start at the start, it says all this, and all this was really the passage that we read before. When he's saying all this is from God, he's talking about that message of reconciliation, that Jesus loves us. Christ's love compels us, that Jesus died for all, that those who live might not live for themselves. He's saying all of this is, is about those things. And then he says, it's from God. All this is from God. So he says that God initiates the process. God initiates. All this is from God. He initiates. We accept it. All this is from God who reconciled us. So he reconciled us. He initiates, we respond. Just have to say about reconciliation, to be reconciled to some, somebody means there actually has to be a falling out. I can't be reconciled to Kathy if actually we were on good terms together today. The days that I need to be reconciled to Kathy are those days when I'm not doing so well, when I've failed morally or spiritually. When there's a failure, that's when you need reconciliation. So that actually needs to, we need to acknowledge the fact that we do fail. I think most of us know that, that at times all of us have felt that sense of failure, either morally or spiritually. But um, we just don't want to have our head in the sand around that, being blind or apathetic to our relationship with God. Which can be our spiritual failure is, is apathy or just negligence. Our failures with people are perhaps a bit more obvious. Usually they re relate in bad relationship. That's quite obvious. You feel that sense inside. With God, it can be just a drifting away. It can just be a drifting away uh, in that way. But we still need that reconciliation with him. So God who reconciled us to himself. So having put that on everybody, having reconciled us to himself. I don't know about you, that sounds like a daddy hug to me. He reconciled us to himself. It wasn't like, okay, you're okay, but stay over there. When he says he reconciled us to himself, it's like, come right in here. Come right in here. Come close. You know, when you reconcile to someone, you know, and they still, you really still can't talk to each other, it's not really reconciliation, is it? But God reconciled us to Himself. He brought us right in close. And then it says, He reconciled us to Himself in Christ. So He tells us how that happens, the process by which that happens, through whom it happens, that Jesus is that way. 
And then it moves on to the second part of this verse that says, He gave us. So having given us a daddy hug, He gives us a gift. He gives us a gift. And that gift is the ministry of reconciliation because it says He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So everybody gets this gift. You might have heard talk about spiritual gifts and some person gets, you know, this person gets this one and that person gets that one. And, you know, I might have the gift of um, prophecy and someone else has got the gift of tongues and someone else has got the gift of interpretations and someone's got the gift of faith and someone's got the gift of works. This one's for everybody. Everybody who gets this gift of reconciliation with God gets given the gift of the ministry of reconciliation to others. And that ministry of reconciliation is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And the ministry is for all. Everybody gets it. It's not just for the elite. It's not for the super spiritual. It's not for the talented or just for the talented. They're allowed to have it too. Talented people are allowed to have the ministry. It's not just for the mature or the older Christians. It's for everybody. It'll have different expressions for each of us because God's given us different things and ways in which we can use that gift. But having given us this gift, wouldn't it be a pity if we just didn't use it? Why, He has given to us. He's given us that ministry. You know what? You don't have to wait for it. You've got it. If you are in Christ, you have a ministry of reconciliation. And having been given that gift, like I said, let's not waste it. Let's use it. For us Christians, in talking to those people around us, perhaps those people who aren't used to coming to church, I reckon we start in the wrong place sometimes because we start using our language. And our language can say, you need to be saved. You know what? People need to be saved. But it's probably not how they think about it. Many people who are not in church, they actually don't think they need to be saved. They probably think they're okay. But if you ask them a question, what's your relationship with God like? They might say, oh, that's a different question. And if you come across many people, not everybody, but many people would recognise, yes, there is a God and maybe I'm not in the space with God that I should be. And so perhaps this concept around being reconciled to God in good relationship is a better place to start than you need to be saved. Um, Do you know about that? The other piece about that is to say that being reconciled to God, it's a bit like join the club. You know what? I need to be reconciled to God too every day. Every day. Let's just say every now and then I have a good day. (laughs) And I might sneak through a day without being absolutely horrendous. Um, But notwithstanding, every day I need to be reconciled to God. You need to be reconciled to God. Join the club. We're in this club of needing reconciliation with God. If we back up a little bit from this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.15, it says, And He died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died, for their sake died, and was raised again. So when Jesus died for you, he died that you might be reconciled, but also said that he died that you might live your best life in Christ. And you know what? Your best life in Jesus 
is not sipping pina coladas on some PNG beach, which is beautiful, by the way. The beaches in PNG are very beautiful beaches, but you know what? Your best life is not sipping pina coladas or a drink of your choice uh, in that place. It's actually exercising that ministry, using that gift that God has given you. That's your best life. Finding how what God wants to do in that space and expressing that. Missions is really taking God's message for all people and getting it out there to all people. So if God's message is for all people, missions is about getting it to them and letting the message of the good news of Jesus speak for itself to those near and far, to those north and south, east and west, to those who are culturally distant, perhaps they're local, but culturally distant or distant through geography. And that's certainly one of the focuses we have for this month is around those who are either culturally different, distant or distant through geography. As Romans 10 puts it, and you may have heard this before, I'm not sure, through this series, but if you have, just nestle in. Just nestle in. There's some great verses in the Bible that are just great to think about again and again. And Romans 10 is one of them uh, that speaks this. Nestle in. I, I say it's great to get comfortable with parts of the Bible like so that they're like old friends. They're old friends. And in being old friends, they don't make us complacent to the message, but they rather make us engaged and they're like food to the soul. They're like food to the soul. And for me, this is one of those passages in Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Hear that again? Everyone who calls on the name will be saved. How then can they call on the one whom they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Hence no shoes today. I have beautiful feet. I wanted you to see them. These feet bring good news. I'm really attached to these feet. They're at the end of my legs. (laughs) So I love them. They do great things. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. The power of the gospel is actually demonstrated by the growth of the gospel. I don't know about you. Stop and think about this for a while. Jesus started his actual ministry when he was 30 years old. He died on a cross looking like a failure, three years later, just three years later. He left a church of maybe around 120 followers, something like that number, who were actually so afraid they were meeting in secret behind closed doors. That's where the church started from. Three years 120 people, most of whom were afraid. Some of whom doubted still, by the way. (laughs) Some of whom weren't actually really still convinced at that point in time. Doesn't sound like a major world religion to me. Doesn't sound like that. But you look today and Christianity is the largest religion in the world. 
the largest religion in the world. And while it might be declining in the Western world, the part that we live in, it's actually growing across the world. In South America, in Asia, in Africa, the message of, the, of Jesus is growing. It's actually not the fastest growing religion at the moment. Uh, Islam is the fastest growing religion and that's mostly through birth rate. That the birth rate of the Christian world is lower than the birth rate of the uh, Muslim world. But in terms of conversions to faith, there are, there are more conversions to Christianity than any other world religion. The Bible actually says, Isaiah prophesied and said, you know, of the, uh, speaking of Jesus in the future, of the increase of his kingdom and of peace, there will be no end. And when you look since the time of Jesus, you've got to say that's certainly true today. But the reason that we are focusing on today, and this is something that's exciting, has seen a real shift in the last 20 to 30 years. I mentioned earlier, thank God for the internet. The internet has done incredible things for the message of Jesus in the Arabic speaking world. Because people have access to information they've never seen before. And they're able to communicate and ask questions in a way they've never been able to do it before. And what happens is when people have an opportunity to engage with the message of Jesus, some of them choose to follow him. And it's been incredible. Like I've mentioned, we've seen hundreds coming to the Lord, but we know even in some of the difficult places where, like Kuwait, where we were for some time, when we were there, people hadn't seen people convert to Christianity for years, and if they had, they fell away. Whereas now there are, there are people that are sharing stories of people coming to faith in those regions. It's still often difficult for missionaries to get into many of these places. But the internet gets there, gets there easy as. And people do opt in. So that's great. But back to our, um, our verse. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a reconciliation. So how do we use, how do I use this ministry of reconciliation? Well, one thing's for sure, and that's pretty, if you read the Bible, it's pretty clear that God expected that most people, most people would live pretty normal lives where they first started from. You know, they'd live a pretty normal life locally most of the time. That would actually be normal. So that when God gave the Great Commission, you might have heard a little bit about that in the last month. Along with that, as you read through the New Testament, it was expected that people would be in churches um, and that they would exercise that ministry there. But as you read in the New Testament as well, you see that they, the expectation was that they would always also be involved, not only locally, but they would send people with the message of Jesus and that they would support those people with resources. So they sent both people and money to people who were working in other parts of the world. And so that's a model that we can take on too. And as we talk about Missions May, that yes, that we take this ministry of reconciliation and that we exercise it where we are. That we exercise it where we are. But also that we do what the early church did and send people to these places and to send resources to support those who are there 
and sharing the news of, of, of Jesus. Kathy spoke a little bit earlier about um, our people in Tunisia and what we're doing there. There's some great people in Tunisia who love Jesus and who are just brave with how they share Christ. The couple that we spent the most time with when we were there a bit over a year ago, um, they actually travel by taxis. They can't afford a car. Uh, taxis are reasonably cheap there. We didn't um, travel in a taxi without them sharing the good news about Jesus with the taxi driver. They were phenomenal. Um, one of the very amusing stories he had is when they went to Cairo, the lady actually did the same thing in Cairo and our, our workers there said, what are you doing? And she said, what do you mean, what am I doing? She said, I said, don't you think it's risky talking to taxi drivers? She said, well, maybe, <laughs> yes, but really probably not that. You know, the chance of this guy dobbing me in or causing trouble, very low, worth it. <laughs> you know, worth it to share the gospel of Jesus with this person. But they would share the gospel. But one of the things that I learned from watching them was the questions, how they went about it. Because the question they would ask, their opening line, they would talk a little bit about how you're going. Uh, then they'd, say, they'd just say, what do you know about Jesus? What do you know about Jesus? So notice their question wasn't, I've got something to tell you. Their question was, what do you know? And find out where they started from. Or they might say, what do you know about the Injil, which is the New Testament? What do you know about the Bible? You know, they just ask that question. And from there, they would share faith. Typically, they'd end up giving them their phone number and saying, here's how you look it up on the internet um, and call me if you've got questions. And some people do. Some people out of that conversation in the taxi will get in touch with them. It's phenomenal. So one of the great things that we can do is actually be supporting people like this. And that's what Miracle Connect does in many respects. But we too can be like that local church, acting locally, but also supporting people. Let's remember that God's mission, the power of God's mission, is actually in the message. The power in God's mission is actually the message itself. Let's remember that he reconciled us. Let's be reconciled to God. So as we're going to stop and pray in a moment, you might want to think, God, is there any way in which I need to be reconciled to you? Is there any way in which I need to be reconciled to you? You might want to stop and think, is there anyone that I need to be reconciled with in this church? God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Is there anyone I need to be reconciled with in this church? Is there anyone I need to be reconciled with outside this church? Because I can bring that ministry of reconciliation. I can do everything that's within my power to bring that reconciliation. And having been rescued, saved, restored, we can bring the power that's in God's mission, the message of Jesus, and the fact that he's reaching out to us constantly. Let's pray together. Loving Father, we want to thank you today for your great desire 
to be in relationship with each one of us. We want to thank you that you loved us so much, that you showed us why and how we were created, that you showed us our strengths, the beautiful people that you created us to be, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you've shown us our failures, our spiritual moral failures, our sin, our weaknesses, and you've shown us a pathway to good relationship with you. We ask you to help us to accept that gift of reconciliation with you, to accept that gift of the ministry of reconciliation and to take it to others. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.